98K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Aaron Tam. Tonight's headlines. The civic passions Cheng Chung Tai has lost his seat in LegCo with national security officials saying he isn't loyal to the SAR. LegCo has approved a plan to charge households for the waste they throw out. And the Pentagon has said a large explosion has occurred outside Kabul airport after intelligence warned of an imminent terror threat. Cheng Chung Tai has been stripped of his seat in the legislature after national security officials decided he isn't fit to be on the election committee because he isn't loyal to the SAR. Timmy Sung reports. Announcing the authority's move, Chief Secretary John Lee said the candidate eligibility review committee he chairs won't be misled by people who sugarcoat their words and only pretend to uphold the basic law. He said the body has screened a total of 1,498 would-be members of the election committee and had disqualified Cheng Chong Tai. As was another potential candidate, he was ineligible because he or she wasn't a registered voter in any geographical constituency. The chief secretary said the committee had written to Mr. Cheng, asking him to clarify some specified matters. After considering his reply, then the committee looked at his case holistically and come to a decision that we need to seek an opinion of the National Security Committee. The National Security Committee then gives us an opinion uh, to indicate that he hasn't complied with the requirement of upholding the basic law and bearing allegiance to the Hong Kong SAR. Ms. Chang, meanwhile, said he thinks he is a patriot, but he can't do anything about the authority's decision, being as there's no way to appeal. He said he was given a thick document containing questions about past comments and whether he has links to foreign forces. It's a bit strange that my extended term was disqualified by a new decision made by the vetting committee. I wonder if it complies with the law and the constitution. Anyway, after the electoral reforms, the vetting committee has the final say. Mr Cheng is banned from standing in any elections for the next five years. He had been one of the only two lawmakers outside Lechko's pro-establishment camp. Political commentator Derek Yun says Cheng Chong Tai's disqualification reflected what he described as an airtight approach by the authorities. The whole thing is, is more about the central government, uh, Beijing and, and Hong Kong government, they're not feeling so, so comfortable about uh, leaving the nomination for the LegCo or, or even for the future uh, the election to somebody they don't trust. I think it, it's foretelling an airtight LegCo with minimal opposition voices. And indeed, uh, I think the whole surprise in this happening is that we first might expect just some watertight arrangement, but now it seems it's airtight. Lawmakers have approved the government's plan to charge households for their rubbish disposal based on the amount they throw away. But a senior project officer with the Green Earth, Edmund Lau, says he's expressed that there's no clear start date for the, for the scheme. They've changed the wording from a preparation period of 12 to 18 months into at least 18 months. So it's potential to be lengthened further in the next latch call. And the second is the pre- after the preparation period, they have a, an enactment date, but it is not determined now, but in the future EA panel of the Legislative Council, then it could be another way that uh, it has to be delayed. Overseas, the Pentagon says an explosion has occurred outside Kabul airport.
after Western nations warned of an imminent terror threat. A Taliban official has told the Reuters news agency that 13 people were killed in the blast. U.S. President Joe Biden had earlier cited an acute terrorist threat from the regional chapter of the Islamic State Jihadist Group. Huge crowds are still at Kabul airport, with their bid for a way out of the country becoming increasingly desperate ahead of the August 31st deadline set by Mr. Biden to end evacuations and withdraw troops. Mr. Biden and his aides have not budged on the deadline. To the weather forecast, becoming cloudy with a few showers and temperatures in the region of 27 to 31 degrees. Sunny intervals and isolated thunderstorms tomorrow with moderate easterly winds. The outlook, a few showers and sunny intervals in the next few days. Currently, it's 29 degrees with humidity at 81%. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is 5 minutes past 11. The government has announced that foreign domestic helpers can start flying in from Indonesia and the Philippines once again from Monday, after new arrangements were hammered out with authorities in the two countries. Damon Pang reports. Domestic workers arriving from the two countries will need to be fully vaccinated against COVID and have the records to prove it, as well as a working visa. They will also have to pass a coronavirus test in the three days before they come to Hong Kong. SR officials concede, though, that the number of arrivals will be restricted, despite a reported shortage of helpers since flights to Indonesia and the Philippines were stopped due to the pandemic. Only around 400 rooms at a quarantine hotel for helpers in Chunwan will be available at the beginning. Labor and Welfare Secretary Law Chi Kuang acknowledged that for some time, would-be arrivals will find that the hotel is fully booked. By 30th of August, we have just one hotel. It will definitely be a first-come, first-served arrangement. And we are actually looking forward to engage another hotel for this purpose and also explore other possibilities. But depends on the progress and the risks we are facing and the whole situation. Mr Law says officials have to balance the public's need for helpers with trying to prevent COVID from reaching the community. The compulsory 21-night stay at the quarantine hotel will cost $16,800, more than three and a half times the minimum monthly wage for a helper. A medical expert has called for a ban on unvaccinated people entering crowded places, only to be shot down by one of his peers who says such a move would never work. Violet Wong has that story. The government says fewer people are now booking jabs, and while around 60% of those aged 12 and over have received at least one shot, the picture is far less rosy when it comes to the elderly, with under a quarter of the over 70s vaccinated. On the radio program, infectious diseases expert Ho Park Lung from the University of Hong Kong said the authorities should look at only letting vaccinated people enter some public venues to try to persuade more people to get inoculated. You can see different countries have started imposing restrictions at crowded public venues, mainly by banning those who have not received two jabs from entering those places, he said. But respiratory disease specialist Long Chi Chil says such a move would not work because some people simply have no confidence in the vaccines. I think for Hong Kong, the problem is we did not manage those uh, few untoward events with the start of our vaccinating program that caused a confidence crisis. And that cannot be corrected up to this moment. Dr. Lang said authorities should think about how they can convince people that the Sinovac and BioNTech jabs Hong Kong uses are probably the safest in the world.
The government has proposed allowing lawmakers to vote remotely on important matters under exceptional circumstances, such as the pandemic. Here again is Damon Pang. Electrical panels and subcommittees have been holding virtual meetings since last year, but councillors must attend full council or finance committee meetings in person. In a bill tabled to the legislature, the government says the basic law doesn't ban remote voting, but there's a need to change the law so that councillors can hold meetings at places designated by the LegCo president and not just in the chamber. A paper submitted to LegCo also sets out what should be classed as exceptional circumstances, including a public health emergency or a public danger situation where use of the LegCo complex is rendered impossible. The proposed changes would also empower LegCo to impose financial penalties on lawmakers who are absent from meetings without a valid reason or who engage in gross disorderly conduct. The bill will have its first and second readings next week. Hong Kong has been named a co-host of the National Games in 2025. Here's Jimmy Choi with the details. The State Council has endorsed a decision to have Guangdong, Hong Kong and Macau jointly host the national sporting event. It will mainly be funded by the three governments, with the central government providing a one-off subsidy. Chief Executive Carrie Lam welcomed the decision. She said after Hong Kong's record showing at the recent Tokyo Olympics, co-hosting the National Games will offer another major boost to local sports development. Mrs Lam added that having Guangdong, Hong Kong and Macau co-host the event is in line with the Greater Bay Area Development Plan. The chairman of the Hong Kong Sports Institute, Lam Tai Fai, also welcomed the decision. He said co-hosting the National Games will have a strong positive impact on local sports. This year's National Games open in Shanxi province next month. The United States military has confirmed that a large explosion occurred outside the Kabul airport in Afghanistan following intelligence that suicide bombers were threatening to attack the airport. The Pentagon has confirmed there had been casualties in the bombing. A number of countries have already halted evacuation flights following the warnings. Canada, Belgium, the Netherlands and Denmark have all stopped the airlifts. French Prime Minister Jean Castex said that airlift, while airlifts would end soon, evacuations could continue. We're going to continue until tomorrow evening, because after tomorrow evening, we will no longer be able to evacuate people from Kabul airport. There will be a second phase that we will manage as Europeans and with the international community, in particular with the UN Refugee Agency, for the refugees that will leave Afghanistan in the future. Big crowds are also building up on the Afghan side of the land border with Pakistan. The country's national security adviser, Moeed Yusuf, said Islamabad was playing its part in response to the Afghan crisis. There isn't actually any panic on the borders. Pakistan's liberalized its visa. We are allowing people to uh, come to the border, get visa on arrival if they qualify. We are working with the entire international community and there's, there's been public praise for that. So there's Pakistan's ready and willing and available. The New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern says she is sticking with her strategy to eliminate all cases of COVID-19 despite a widening outbreak and mounting frustrations with a strict national lockdown. Ms. Ardern says health health experts believe that the elimination approach is the best strategy even though the spread of the Delta variant has led to the largest outbreak the country has seen during the pandemic with 277 confirmed cases. Our collective goal is to move away from having to use these measures in that way. And vaccines help us do that. No one wants to use lockdowns forever. 
And I can tell you now, that is not our intention. But for now, while we vaccinate, elimination is the goal. And we can do it. The Australian airline Qantas has lost more than a billion U.S. dollars in the 12 months to the end of June after what it described as a diabolical year caused by coronavirus travel restrictions. The BBC's Katie Silver reports. Qantas says its international division is burning through cash to the tune of more than two million US dollars each week. Its domestic revenue has been hit as well, with states closing their borders because of outbreaks, most recently, of the Delta variant. Despite this, shares rose after the company said it's preparing for international travel to resume as early as December. The airline is encouraging Australians to get vaccinated, and it's launched an advertising campaign that's gone viral as well as offering a year's worth of free flights and accommodation as rewards for vaccinated passengers. An international team of 500 scientists say last year was the warmest on record across much of Europe, putting further strain on the physical environment and human society. The BBC's Matt McGrath has more details. The wildfires, droughts and heat waves that swept across Europe in 2020 helped push average temperatures to worrying new heights. Countries such as Estonia, Latvia and Finland were all around 2.4 Celsius warmer than the long-term average. The continent as a whole was more than half a degree hotter than the previous high mark. There was no respite from the heat even in the Arctic. For the seventh year in succession, temperatures were more than 1 Celsius above the norm. But as the study makes clear, the scale of warming is having an impact on every aspect of our physical world. The pandemic shot theatres around the world, but the sector is opening up again with easing of restrictions. In London, the new musical from the composer Andrew Lloyd Webber, Cinderella, has been in the headlines for weeks. Its opening was repeatedly delayed because of coronavirus measures, and it became an emblem of how badly the pandemic was hitting London's theatre land. On Wednesday night, it finally had its official opening. Some of those from the audience say they were thrilled about the show. It's fantastic. It exceeded all my expectations of the show. Heard a lot about it and obviously all the problems that they'd had just to get it up and running. Well worth the wait. I think it's an audience for a younger generation, but also just any audience that's after a bit of hope at the moment. You know, it's good to feel good. And this is kind of what this musical does. A reminder of our top stories tonight, the civic passions Cheng Chung Tai has lost his seat in LegCo with national security officials saying he isn't loyal to the SAR. LegCo has approved a plan to charge households for the waste they throw out and the Pentagon has said a large explosion has occurred outside Kabul airport. The news from RTHK.
to England from Jamaica with his mum when he was young. He formed Hot Chocolate in London with Tony Wilson in 1969. They recorded a reggae version of Give Peace a Chance. That got the attention of John Lennon, who released it as a single on the Beatles' Apple label, and that led to a deal with Mickey Most, who signed them to his R.A.K. or Rack label. The pair then wrote Bet Your Life I Do, which was recorded by Herman's Hermits. That hit the UK charts at number 22, and they had their first hit with the track that you just heard there, of course, Love Is Life. How are you doing into our second hour on this Thursday evening here in Hong Kong? Wherever you are on the planet, you're welcome to be involved. Here's Linda McCartney next. (laughs) 